Welcome to The Brave Place, where we journey into the lives of brave men and women who have beat the odds or who are in the trenches right now. Difference makers who have truly discovered the warrior that lives within and are living it out. This is the place that will inspire, encourage, enlighten, and challenge that brave person that lives deep down within all of us. Welcome back to The Brave Place. I'm your host, Christy Rodriguez, and thank you for stopping by again to hang out with us. In today's podcast, we're going to venture into part two of my interview with my dear friend, Tamara Picasso. And just to catch you up, in part one, Tamara shared with us her transparent journey within the strongholds of her brokenness and the entrapment of infidelity. If you missed part one, please go back and check it out. And as for right now, we're going to pick up where we left off. You're going to hear the very tail end of part one, and then we'll move straight into the rest of the interview. Thanks again for joining us. I'm sure you'll be impacted here today. And now for part two, here we go. And at the end of the marriage retreat, there's this moment where everyone turns and faces each other to renew their vows. And everyone turned to face each other except two couples in the room. I bet you can't guess which two couples that was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So awkward. So we're standing there facing forward while there are couples renewing their vows. We're side by side. And now I'm speaking for Aramie. He's standing there and he feels God whisper to him, take your wife's hand. And to him, that meant take her heart, mm-hmm. take her hand and take her heart. And he reached down and he grabbed my hand. And in that moment, we both knew that we were committing to this. And so we left that day and we went to the truck and we just started crying. And I wish I could say we lived happily ever after. But the truth is, after that moment, things got real hard. You're facing it now. Yeah. Yeah. And you you do. You have to walk through the fire before you can get free. Yeah. It's true. What were the first steps you began taking? Well, first and foremost, we started counseling and we found a Christian counselor. Her name was Jenny Allen, who to this day is one of the most amazing and dearest people in our lives. She's incredible. And we started counseling every week. Mm -hmm. Um, There would be times where I would go by myself. There would be times when Aramie would go and mostly we would go together. We faced ourselves I mean, first, Mm -hmm. I faced myself. Mm -hmm. I faced my insecurities. I faced my brokenness. Um, And then I faced Aramie and I faced our challenges together. A lot of healing took place in counseling. One thing I want to point out that I think is so amazing about your story and and about Aramie is how he handled his family when you came back into the family. Now, yes, they have been praying for you. They've been praying for you to find Jesus. But then when you make this decision to come back, obviously there's this this doubt there. Absolutely. Like, like is she for real? Yeah. And this is going to be another example of how incredible Aramie's heart is. When we decided to commit to one another, I told Aramie that I wanted to face his family. He didn't think it was a good idea, but I insisted that I wanted to sit down and share my heart with them, knowing full well how betrayed and hurt they were. Um, My expectations were very low, but I felt that I owed it to them 
to do this. So there was a night when I went to their house and they all sat on the couch and I sat on a little piano bench in front of them. And I had written this long letter because I knew I would not be able to express myself um, in that moment. And I sat there and I read the letter to them and it was complete silence, understandably. And complete silence, meaning they had no emotion, no compassion, none. Like, we don't want to listen to you. Like by the looks of their faces, it was like, yeah, right. Too bad. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm sure that in their hearts, they were like praying for me to be well with Jesus. But at the same time, understandably, they're wanting to protect Aramie. Mm -hmm. So they're like, this chick thinks she can just walk in and read a letter and everything's going to be dandy. Like, no. Mm -hmm. And they're right. Mm -hmm. No. (laughs) Like, Hello, look what I just did. There are consequences for my actions. And this was one of them. So in that moment, it's complete silence. And all of a sudden, Aramie is just filled with passion. And he gets up and he's very emotional. And he begins almost yelling, saying, celebrate. This is my wife. Like, she's she's come home. I want you to celebrate. If you love me, you will love her. And then... It wasn't a debate, but they they were just expressing, well, you know, we're hurt by her. She's hurt us. We're betrayed. How do we know this is real? And start saying all of these things that I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, even in that moment, I was thinking, of course they feel that way. And I expected that response. And in the letter, I told them, I know you're angry and I know you have questions for me. And I just want you to know that I will answer any question you have for me. I will do everything I can to show you that I am committed to this and that you can trust me. And I know it's going to take time. So I was fully expecting this, but it's like Aramie in his heart was fully expecting a celebration. Mm -hmm. And he stood up and he fought for me in that moment of his prodigal wife Mm -hmm. coming home. He wanted to celebrate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that that's incredibly powerful. And and one thing, too, that I, I see in this is you are now in a, a place and, and it's obvious you're in a place of surrender in that moment because you're willing to answer any questions. You're willing you're willing to talk about anything. Mm-hmm. But even more importantly, you are others focused. Mm. So you see the the heart change there. And now you're in this surrendered place where you are all about the people. You you are more concerned. You're understanding. Mm-hmm. You're like, I, I, I see how you would feel that way. Yeah. And wow. Yeah. You know, when I, the day that I left and decided to no longer live the life that I had created for myself, I don't know what it was. The only way I can describe it is just the Holy Spirit convicting me. But I had this moment where I promised myself that I was going to do everything I could to to prove that I was trustworthy. Choosing to prove that I was trustworthy over and over and over again. And I had multiple people tell me, you don't have to prove yourself to anyone. You don't have to prove yourself to Aramie. But in my heart, I knew that it was my duty to prove to him that I was trustworthy. I mean... I can't even begin to put myself in his shoes to feel that betrayal. So what I did was little things that added up to big things. For example, I deleted my Facebook. 
Mm-hmm. I deleted my social media accounts. I changed my phone number. I blocked this person from my email. And I did all of those things before Aramie could ever ask me to. When I had my cell phone, I would lay it out on the table face up. When I got a notification, I would say, hey, Aramie, will you check that for me? I think someone just texted me. When I would go out, I would call him and say, hey, my mom invited me to lunch. Do you mind if I go with her? And he'd be like, you don't have to ask me. And I'd be like, I know, but I just want to make sure you're okay with it. And he'd be like, absolutely. And then when I was out, I would text him and say, hey, just want to let you know I'm here. Thank you. Hey, just want to let you know I'm headed here. Thank you. So you went out of your way to show him, hey, I'm trustworthy in every way. Yeah. And I felt like a child in a way. I felt like I was answering to my parents or something, but I knew that it was going to be the key to earning trust. I mean, when you're a teenager and you want privileges, what do you have to do? You have to prove that you're trustworthy, right? Mm -hmm. So here I broke his trust and I broke his heart while I was at it. And so I knew the only way that I can gain that trust back was to prove that I was, that he could trust me with his heart again. Mm -hmm. So you continue living that way. Your, your marriage is beginning to be restored piece by piece. Mm -hmm. It didn't happen overnight. No. And sometimes it didn't even feel like it was happening to be totally honest. Like I said, it's not like we just lived happily ever after. I'm sure there are still times that Aramie has thoughts that he has to shoo away and not let nest on his head. You know, there are consequences for our actions that last for our entire lives. Mm-hmm. Many consequences. And and that's one of them. And so, yeah, it didn't happen overnight. And sometimes it felt like nothing was happening. And like, why did we even do this? And let's just forget about it. There were times that we almost quit many, many times. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's so, so, so important that that we put God first and then each other second. I mean, look, there's no way there's no way our marriage would have been restored if we didn't put God at the forefront of it. There's just no way. And I know that sounds cliche to say, oh, we put God at the forefront. Oh, we put God first. But what that really means is we spent time on our knees together. What that means is we were in the word of God. We were reading. What that means is we were going to counseling, hearing from a lady who was in her word every day and then bringing it to the table, reminding us God was using her. He was speaking through her to us. That's what I mean when I say we put God first. It would be really easy for us to try to just resolve these things in our own minds and, you know, with our own will. And I mean, that's what we did before. And look at our marriage was Mm -hmm. just completely destroyed. Yeah. And I think what, too, what you're describing is a surrendered heart. Yes. You know, I mean, to me, that is the key to God working in our lives in any situation. And with that surrendered heart comes this ability to put the other person first because you're walking now in this humble Mm -hmm. state. It was really easy for me, the one who made the choices that destroyed our marriage, to come to the table and say, I'll give it all I've got because I had nothing else to lose. I was humiliated. People hated me. People did not want us back together. They did not support us. (laughs) Maybe easy is not the right word. It wasn't easy, but it was a lot harder 
for Arami, who had been betrayed, who had to think about things that are so difficult to not think about when we were standing face to face, when we were laying next to each other in bed, when we were driving in the car. It was so much harder for him to make that commitment to say, despite all of these things, despite the fact that you hurt me in this way, I'm choosing you. Mm -hmm. It was so much harder for him. But together, we were able to work through those things. One thing I want to point out is that, yes, you made the choice that dramatically affected your marriage to the breakup. Mm -hmm. But Aramie will also say that there are parts that he was responsible for too. Yeah. Which, which I appreciate so much um, because he's not just constantly blaming you for the breakdown of the marriage itself. Oh goodness. No. Does that excuse what happened? No. Um, But oftentimes you will see that whenever there is an affair or something happened, Mm -hmm. Um, both parties are involved um, in contributing to the breakdown and one of the parties will break. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there were a ton of things that Aramie did that I didn't like, but I didn't know how to communicate that. And a lot of the time, I didn't even realize that some of the things that he may have been doing were affecting me in the way that they were. Mm. And again, not to plug counseling over and over, but my goodness, people go to counseling Mm -hmm. to build a stronger marriage. Go to a Christian counselor that loves God. It's worth it. Describe your marriage today. Well, we are definitely far from perfect, (laughs) but our marriage has come such a long way. And I truly believe that although I would never go back and choose to make those choices again. I do believe that our marriage is at a place that it never could have been had we never gone through what we went through. We completely trust one another and basically have built a new life together in a way that really, really puts emphasis and value on communication. Our communication is so strong. And because we have this really deep level of trust for one another, we've been able to walk through the fire over and over again and see victory over and over again. Well, and one thing I can tell you, just watching your marriage now, I'm just in awe of that devastation that your marriage went through. And then I see you today and you both are You serve in your church. Mm -hmm. You love God so well, and you love people so well. And I see your heart for Jesus. Um, It's one of the biggest things that drew me to you Mm. as a friend. And I was just like, I need more Tamara in my life (laughs) because, I mean, you sharpened me and I just love bouncing ideas off back and forth with you. And it's amazing to be able to have this kind of conversation in a podcast where you are openly Mm. admitting you're you're going back to this girl who was broken, didn't know which way was up, basically. And it's so powerful because that's not the Tamara I know today. And I want to say that to anyone who has walked down the same road Tamara's walked down. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't matter your sin. It doesn't matter what you've done. If you will allow God to take 
residence mm. in your heart. That's good. And be in charge of your life. If you will give him that place, he truly can do anything. And and I know that Tamara, you would never have imagined yourself sharing this publicly. <laughs> right. You know, if if I could speak to the girl or guy who is living the affair and is at the bottom of the pit and just feels so stuck, like there's no hope. Can I just remind you that you're wrong? Don't believe everything you feel. The truth is God's hand is right there. It's right there. And it's been there the whole time. You've just been so blinded by your circumstances, but it's there. Reach up and take his hand and he will pull you out. And you don't even have to worry about the how. All you have to worry about is the yes. Just say yes. Just pull out of that driveway and drive. Just get out of there. And even if your marriage is over, and even if your story is not going to end the same way my story ends, there is still hope for you and your life. You still have purpose. God can still do mighty things through you. You are not too far gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I also want to speak to that when you say, just say yes. Sometimes we forget about it's not just that one yes. It's it's a daily yes. Oh, man. To him. Sometimes every minute of every day. Mm-hmm. And and we, we get confused, too, on, you know, salvation is not sanctification. Mm. And through those daily yeses between the two of you has been the sanctification to growing and healing yeah. that has turned into this beautiful marriage that people look at and it reflects the love of Christ. It reflects who God is himself, which is what he wanted and how he turned beauty mm-hmm. from ashes. Yes, yes. So what would you say to that woman or even man who had the spouse who cheated on him or her? First of all, I just want to say, I'm really sorry that you're going through what you're going through. And to be honest, I can't even imagine the pain that you're feeling. I want you to know that even though it feels hopeless, God is bigger than your circumstances. I want you to know that even though I don't know how your story will end, I know that God's work in you is not finished and that he has a plan for you. I want you to know that you don't have to live in unforgiveness, that when you can choose to forgive your spouse, it will free you and it will allow God to do a work in you that you never knew he could do. I want you to know that even though it's really easy to allow bad habits to continue, that it's really important for you to have boundaries to protect your heart. And I want you to know that I really hope you are seeking wise counsel and that you're speaking to a counselor or someone who can help walk you through this process. And lastly, I want you to know that God can do incredible things in your spouse. Pray for them. Don't stop praying for them. Just when it seems like they're too far gone. That might just be the moment that they decide to reach out and take God's hand and their life could be completely changed again. And if they choose that, there is hope for your marriage. And I'm not saying that you should wait around for that and that that you should, you know, continue in a marriage that 
is abusive or unhealthy in that way. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that God is bigger than our circumstances. And if your spouse does reach out and take God's hand and choose him and and choose your marriage to let God do his work, allow it. There's hope. That's good. And 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 I also want to add too. I mean, there are those marriages where the spouse has cheated on on you and they've already moved on with their life. Mm-hmm. They're doing something different. Yeah. And and you are there and you feel alone and you can't get that spouse back. Mm-hmm. And you may not want that spouse back. Right. And in those situations too, you know, as as tragic as the situation is, I also want to say God still sees you and he still has his race yeah. for you, you know, because there are people listening that are saying, you know what? Well, good for you. I'm, yeah. I'm glad your marriage totally. worked out. Way to go. But that's not the case for me. Yeah. And and even with that, God still will use you in your race to do what he has for you. Absolutely. And what about that person who has cheated, no longer is cheating, but still sitting in that shame and that guilt? Mm. How do they move forward? That's a tough one. I mean, the shame and the guilt are so real. It's like a heavy blanket that's just so hard. Suffocating. Yes, it's so suffocating. I mean, I still have moments where I feel consumed with shame, even to this day. And sometimes my mind just takes me back to this place and I start thinking, how could I have done that? It's it's heavy and it's thick and it's real and it can be all-consuming and... In moments where I have felt that I just have to remember, yes, I made choices that were detrimental, but that's not me anymore. That person is gone and I am choosing to be the new Tamara. God has redeemed me. I am new. I am made new in him. You know, and one thing I want to add too is from my own choices I've made in the past that I have made that have hurt other people, hurt myself when it comes to addiction and relationships and that sort of thing. And and I can easily go back there and say, I feel guilt and shame about those things. But that is not what God tells me. He says, Christy, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Yeah. And with that said, if, if I choose to take on that guilt and shame, even after he has said that, I'm playing God mm. because I'm I'm not accepting mm-hmm. him saying that. I'm just saying, no, I deserve this. And and yes, that I, I do deserve it. But yeah. God's saying, no, I took care of that at the cross. Mm, that's good. Stop playing God, Christy, and let me do what I came here to do. And that's to release you and forgive you so that you can be reconciled to me for eternity. And and to to really accept that. That is a hard line to cross, but it is essential if you really want to experience what freedom in Christ really is all about. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's so hard to accept his grace Mm -hmm. when you've done things to hurt people so deeply. Like you said, like you have to remember the truth. You have to remember the gift. You have to remember what grace is for and mm-hmm. and be willing to accept it knowing that it doesn't make what you did okay because it's what I did is not okay and it will never be okay. But God's grace covers me. It doesn't change what I did. It doesn't change whether it's right or wrong, but it saves me from it. Mm -hmm. The important thing for all of us to remember is that God's work is not done in us. 
-hmm. and there is freedom to be found in him. Mm -hmm. So much freedom. Um, I'm just so honored to be your friend. I'm so honored. Yeah, I'm just, I am. And I'm just so honored that uh, you would share your story here with the public mm-hmm. and and be willing to do that and step out all in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I often think about I, we have four sons and I often think about sharing this story publicly and knowing that someday they're going to hear the words that I'm speaking. And it's really scary to think about that. Um, it's intimidating. And it made me think twice about whether or not I wanted to do this, to be totally honest. But what good is my story if it's not going to impact someone else's life? Like I had victory. We overcame a broken marriage. That doesn't happen all the time. And if I'm not willing to take that step, then what good is our victory? Mm-hmm. And also, can it just be known that I am so close to his family. Like God has done incredible, incredible healing between Aramis family and I, and we are so close. It's, it's actually oddly close. My husband and I and my son, we've been here with your family for five days now and his side of the family. And I can see how much they adore you (laughs) and how much you adore them. I do. They're just so incredible. And again, you guys, it's just willingness, willingness to be open and real and answer questions. There's so much power in being transparent. There really is. Mm -hmm. The joy in the home is just amazing. Yeah. And the last thing. I want to point out that just makes your story so amazing and incredible and it's just wild is is the woman mm-hmm. of the man who, he, she was married to the man you had the affair with. Uh-huh. Um what's your relationship with her today because you were friends. God is just so crazy good. We are great friends. Her marriage ended up not working out after a couple years, and um, she is now happily remarried and expecting her third child, which is so exciting. But you guys, Aramie is an incredible man, and this woman is like an incredible woman because can you even imagine being her and coming to someone like me and saying, I forgive you and I free- you don't owe me anything you are free from all of this and I love you. I mean, can you even imagine feeling that way? No way. No. Not not to the person who had an affair with your husband. Right. And mm-hmm. we just had some really hard conversations and she obviously had some really awesome conversations with God and is like in a really good spot uh, with God and spiritually and just so grounded And over the years, we have just grown closer and closer and closer. And we really feel like we're going to do ministry together someday. That's unbelievable. And and, and only by the power of God. Only. Yeah. Only by the power of God. It's just unreal. It's God working in her life. It's God working in your life. Mm -hmm. It's God working in Aramie's life. Yeah. Um, And it just goes to show that when people are willing to surrender, God can do unbelievable things, mm-hmm. things Anything. that truly are unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It is, it's 4 a.m. in Arkansas We're and crazy. It's, it's 2 a.m. here in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we are going to wrap this up. This is 
crazy that we are still awake right now. I bet they hear our voices changing. Like now we're starting to sound I know. really tired. <laughs> I know. I, I feel like I am. I feel like I I'm totally. Can you hear it in my voice? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just I love every moment I get to spend with you. You're just such a dear, great friend to me. And um, you sharpen me and you make me a better person. And I just appreciate everything you have to offer, um, not just to me, but just to the women at your church, to your friends, uh, just to the world, really. You're a difference maker. And I'm honored to Aww. sit here with you today. I just want you to know that. Thank you, Chrissy. I just want to thank you, too. I mean, I love you and like likewise to everything you said, but also I just want to thank you for providing this space, the brave place. What a special, unique space this is. Thank you for being brave enough to step out in faith and trust that God is going to work through this. And he is, he really is. And I thank you for that. Mm -hmm. And thank you all so much for listening to a crazy gal like me. I treasure every moment that I can just share what God has done in my life. And I really pray that somehow it can just touch someone's heart, even if it just touches one person's heart and opens their eyes in a way that they need to be open. Praise God. It's worth it. Mm -hmm. Amen. Thank you, Tamara. I love you, sister. I love you too. I'll see you tomorrow morning at, in about three hours. Let's go to bed. Bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. I've had a chance to sleep a little bit. I uh, just wanted to say thank you again for joining us for part two of Tamara's story. I hope it spoke to your heart like it continues to speak to mine. And before you go, I'd like to leave you with a final brave word and challenge. And really quickly, if you are enjoying these podcasts, we would love for you to subscribe, leave a comment uh, within the app and rate us. Also, if you have a brave story you'd like to share or just want to give feedback, good or bad, please shoot me an email to Christy at thebraveplace.org. And that's Christy spelled C-H-R-I-S-T-Y at thebraveplace.org. And now for the final brave word and challenge. I have to say that you can't deny the power of God in Tamara's story. The word redemption is where I land as I reflect on all the different areas in her life that God has shown up. It's everywhere. Redemption in her marriage, within the relationships of her husband's family, even redemption in the friendship with the other woman that was affected by the affair. But most importantly, redemption within herself. I think it's safe to say that although Tamara made choices that took her into a pit of what seemed like an impossible and hopeless situation, God was still there just waiting for the opportunity, waiting for her, quote, yes. And when she did say yes, it was sincere followed by the seeking of God's will that would soon bless her life in ways she could have never imagined. There are a few verses that come to mind as I reflect on her story. In Colossians 1, chapter 1, verses 13 through 14, God's word says, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. And James 5, 16 says, Confess your sins one to another and pray for each other and you will be healed. God delivered Tamara from that slippery and hopeless pit of darkness, but he didn't stop there. He brought healing into her brokenness. And then he did what Ephesians 3.20 says, now all glory to God who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine according to the power that works in us. 
God exceeded Tamara's wildest expectations as he restored so many areas of her life. There is peace and joy in her home today because of the humble willingness to say yes and let the ultimate healer do his work within her. She didn't know what the future held. She just knew he is the way. And God wants to do exceedingly more than you could ever ask or imagine in your life, too. Now, with that said, I know sometimes it's hard to see past her own pain or shame or maybe even in the throes of addiction. It's hard to believe it or accept it. But that's when we have to make the decision to come to the end of ourselves. So my brave challenge for you today is this. Examine your life and ask yourself, where am I stuck? What is blocking me from saying yes to Jesus, the one who will heal me and set me free? Is it pride? Is it addiction? Is it comfort? Or is it pain or fear or hurt from another person or event? Don't let the brokenness of this world skew your view of God and stand in the way of his redeeming and healing power in your life. Humbly give him a chance and then find a trusted believer in Christ to walk alongside you as you seek him. Allow him to do exceedingly and abundantly more than you could ever ask or imagine. Just like Tamara, be brave. Reach out your hand to him and give him your yes. Thank you again for joining us here at The Brave Place. I hope you'll hang with us next time. And until then, have a brave day. Thanks for listening to The Brave Place part of the KLRC Podcast Network.